Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao, and no Chris today, but I do have the one and only Andrew Katz. Um, we're going to talk some mailbag questions that we've, we kind of put out there earlier today. Um, we'll try to touch as much as we can or we feel comfortable talking about, but Andrew, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Cycling through my, uh, another round of sick, sickness has the, the trend for winter months when you have uh, young kids, so got that going for me and yeah i you know mailbag mailbags are podcasters best friend right when you have no nothing to talk about you just throw out that tweet and the show writes itself <laughs> exactly like we've been try- like all week we said when are we potting when are we potting and none of us can really get a, a a set time to do it so um this was kind of it so it was either this or nothing this week. So if after this, you might have probably wished we just did nothing. But who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I guess we can kind of just jump on in. Um, we floated that question out there on the pod account and got some, some responses, some in the Discord too. But the first question was from Sal. Uh, most of these are the, the regular um, people who, who chime in. But Sal asks... I know it's early, but how about your biggest rebounders from a bad year last year and some highly ranked players where you just don't see it happening? Um, if, if you if you got a guy, you can go ahead. Otherwise, I can just take this one. So I have been intentionally ignoring all rankings, uh, all all drafts so far this year. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go cold to the first uh, draft of the year that doing in i think two weeks uh champion series kicks up with first draft so trying to avoid outside influence and just kind of see where things go so i mean i I do have somewhat of an idea just with respect to where people are being ranked uh like that i I, in terms of the second question just who's maybe ranked a little too high i am hesitant to take carson Steele. Uh, mm. super high in drafts. Uh, seeing it, I feel like the content that I have stumbled on slash not been able to avoid because it's piqued my interest. I see him ranked as top ten running back going in the first couple of rounds. Uh, I'll I'll pass on that. Yeah, that one seems kind of tough. Um, yeah, honestly, Schley seems kind of kind of tough too. Like, yeah, if he starts, it's great. But if if more pushes him for that job, then you're like, okay, well. What do we think about? Shane? Yeah, but, he 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 feels like he's got a long and windy path to make it through the year, starting all the games yeah. one through twelve. Right? You could see. I mean, the dude got wrecked in the MAC last year physically, missed games with a, a got his bell rung a few times, if you will, and then uh, some probably some other, some other stuff too. I, he missed games for a couple different reasons, I think. Um, and now he's going to. Pac-12, you know, Chip Kelly's not exactly shy about running his QB. It's mm-hmm. kind of a blessing, a blessing and a curse from a performance and health perspective. And then he's got Dante Moore there, who 
a lot of people love for good reason. Uh, and uh, I don't know. You can see you can come up with out trying too hard a few different ways that it doesn't work out optimally. Have you done any drops so far? No, I have not. I've, okay. in fairness, I've kind of stayed away from. You kind of know my stance anyway about the recruiting yeah. and stuff. It's not my my thing. Um, I kind of yeah. dive in once spring practices start kind of um, happening. You kind of get a little bit more of an idea of who might be in line for significant contributions. Yeah. But I, but right now you're just speculating 100. Yeah, I don't know where Schley's going, but there's so, like I, I love so many quarterbacks that I could see myself my most likely strategy playing out right now is just kind of waiting and chilling and letting things come to me as opposed to, like i i like enough guys where whenever i feel like uh drafting a quarterback i'm pretty sure there'll be some, someone there that i like so I'm not super yeah. worried about having to go up and get my guy at least right now yeah i mean i don't know like you said you haven't done any of these drafts but have you have you looked at any at all <laughs> i i did end up i think looking a little bit at one of Jared's mocks earlier on. I forget which one. Um, so I do have a, a little more frame of reference than I would like. And then I saw uh, Heisey put out a top 10 uh, graphic for the different, the various. You know, I saw that. I didn't even look at it. I was like, I'm not doing this right now. I'm not yeah. doing this. Um, we Didn't we talk a few weeks ago? Maybe it was Chris and I that were on here. And we talked about some draft that he was in. And I remember him saying Hartman wasn't taken in that draft. And I thought that was quite interesting. Like he should be I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback or anything, but he should be up there. I feel like as far as just this season, like why not? Um, but he'll probably end up being taken higher than he should um, in the end. But I want to talk about biggest rebounders. I'm, I'm going to ride this ship until it finally sinks. DJU. He's going to do it this year. I think this is the year, like, he's going to a new situation. That team is pretty good, that Oregon State team, in a, in a Pac-12 that's kind of in disarray. Um, that team, that might just be what he needs to kind of take that next, I say next step, but that <clears throat> that that step to being a significant uh, contributor for fantasy purposes. That's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with DJU. What do you think about him, man? Step one is getting over the yips, right? Did you watch any of the UNC game? A little when he, bit. When he got pulled for Plumner, the, yeah. the, the most clear case of the yips I've ever seen in college football. Like that yeah. shit is 100% mental. So I don't know what it looks like in terms of how you get over that. What If it's sports ecology, uh, enough reps, what? But yeah, if you can get over, get past that, then you can imagine – Jonathan Smith putting him in situations to make him successful, but that's a pretty like we talk about all these reasons that guys are going to fail, whether it's injury, uh, competition, schedule, O line, etc. There's a million different mm -hmm. ones, but that is one of the scarier ones where, like, you're not no matter how much you luck luck you have, no matter how great the system ha is, if you can't get there, like to the point where you can mentally be okay, make it work from throwing, yeah. To a receiver and have it reach the receiver. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty important. Yeah, um, yeah. I, look, I, I just feel like maybe he Clemson just became too much pressure. Totally. And and every game that he didn't perform just created more pressure. And I think at this point, getting out of Clemson was the right thing to do. Um, 
Yeah. And I think I think and I think Oregon State is a good enough team where you could say, you know what? If he could just elevate his game some, he'll be good for that team. Um I don't know. I I'm I, maybe it's because of the lack of other guys that I've really looked at, but I think DJU you you can't say he doesn't have the the tools to to be good because that's he was highly recruited for that purpose, but for that reason, but you know. Um, let me see. Okay, next question. Jared, CFF Jared says, call it before spring practices begin, and I hate this so much, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I actually did a little research just to kind of back up what I'm going to say. So which freshmen are the BTR crew endorsing as instant impact players? For me? Um, so yeah, if, probably if you have any. The, yeah, the the – to the part of the CFF uh, sphere that I am least in touch with, uh, freshmen, generally speaking, I don't pay a ton of Same. attention to them. Same. If if uh, anyone outside of the top couple of guys at a position is going to emerge, it's probably going to happen on someone else's team, and hopefully I can make up ground other ways. But I'm intrigued uh, by the Louisville QB recruit, Pierce Clarkson, uh, just a little, doing a little not, I wouldn't even call it research, just reading up a little bit. I think he was, he was the QB on the, I think the number one school in the country, which I confused with. So these schools are named like super similarly. There's Don Bosco in New Jersey, which is a powerhouse. Mm. Then there's Bosco. I think it's just called Bosco out in California. And I, initially I was like, I saw Bosco and I thought he was a local kid. And that was intriguing because I like to support the NJ kids uh, and draft them when they get into college. Um, but not the case here from California, but, and, but so it's great. He's going to Brahms system in Louisville. Right. And I yep. am, I mean, I listened to Jared and they talk about how Brom gravitates toward experience with his quarterbacks and stuff like that it makes total sense. And generally advocating for a freshman out of the gate probably is a losing proposition. Didn't he go get Jack Plummer? Yeah. 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 So he kind of goes the, to your, the idea yeah. is that, okay. Plummer has experience with Brom. Now he's back with Brom. I've like this. I've seen this guy fail so many times. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really a Jack Plummer fan. He probably probably gets the nod out of the gate, but mm-hmm. like I and I've had I've historically had a soft spot for Evan Connolly, but that dude seems like <laughs> he's probably never coming back from injury. So I, I don't want to write him off, but it's probably best interest to <laughs> outside of him. Him. There's not doesn't seem like there's really anything else there. So if Jack Plummer plays like Jack Plummer, I would expect that Pierce Pierce Clarkson could get a shot sooner than later, and that would, that could be a lot of fun. What do you think about Rashada at Arizona State? I know there's been some some talk in our Discord about him. Um, how do you feel in, in terms of his chances of being year one starter? What do you feel? I don't know anything about him from a skill set perspective. I know he's like a, a high-ish ranked recruit. Everyone right. knows kind of the crazy and long, long, winding recruiting path that he had, stuff like that. It is. I think it's so interesting though that there's like legit four QBs of uh, worth discussing in that QB room, right? right. You got Trent Borke, you got uh, who took over for Emory Jones uh, last year, and he had a dud or two, but also played really well. And uh, some victories and close losses as well. I thought that he should have went 
I was able to watch him. He showed Commando, the system, obviously a different one than mm-hmm. what Dillingham's running. But it was a fun offense to run with, to watch with him at the at the helm. Um, he immediately said when Dillingham was hired and he started bringing transfers, he's like, I'm not, I'm not transferring, absolutely not. Um, so that's good for him. Uh, do I think he gets the, the benefit of the doubt? Absolutely not, right? Uh, coach yeah. brought in transfers from Notre Dame, Drew Pine, and from BYU, Con- Jacob Conover. It's interesting how Conover seems to get lost in the shuffle. Like, what do you think went through that kid's head? He thought he was the dude that he, he was the guy who was going to, the trans- transfer QB who was going to come in and just be kind of handed the job, right? Yeah. Four, four star uh, QB recruit, BYU, like huge recruit. He got into action in replace of uh, Jaron Hall two years ago, and he didn't. I thought he didn't look amazing, but he didn't embarrass himself. But he, I think at the time he was a true freshman, um, even by BYU standards. Uh, <laughs> but right, yes. But he, I'm sure he had a bunch of different offers co- uh, when he entered the portal and chose Arizona State with purpose. And then all of a sudden they bring in uh, Drew Pine, who. Not like that dude doesn't really do it for me from a skill set perspective. Like you can you can imagine Tommy Reese des- designed the offense week in week out when he was the quarterback to <laughs> circumvent Drew Pine's shortcomings. Right, the idea that hey we're going to run the slowest play, we're going to run the slowest uh, game plan imaginable and hand the ball off to the offense we can and win some ball games here. Um, Pine was efficient, but like what was he really has to do and what is that? boat in terms of uh anything with respect to winning a four-man competition and or being uh useful from a cff perspective and then then you got rashada the idea that he's gonna end up number one out of the gate or in the short term um in a four-man competition against three guys that like i just threw a ton of pay through pines way but still there's those are three legitimate options at quarterback Right, he's he's got a chance, but it's probably not 50-50. Rashada, I would yeah. give – so to win the job out of the gate, I would give him a 2% chance. To see time this right. year in the – maybe he gets some backup run at some point, right? But I, to actually start games, I would give him like 5%, 10%. I don't know what's going to happen with the other three guys. My gut instinct yeah. is that the two transfers get precedence and priority over Borgay, Um, But that might just be – like. I don't know uh, what's the right word. Not do- doomsday. Uh, I don't know. Just like, pessimistic on my part from seeing mm. so many times how the when a coach brings in transfer, a new coach brings in transfers. Right, he brings them in with the idea of them starting. So why would, he probably he see, he comes in, he sees uh, Borgay is like, dude wasn't even on scholarship. I think he was a walk on. Right, so I'm sure he's not going to get a fair shake. He's going to have to win the job. Um, but my, I would think that we see multiple guys make starts this year mm. for ASU. But I would think, I also think that none of them are Rashada. Right. Okay. That's fair. Uh, he was one of my guys that I thought potentially could, I mean, anything's possible, especially when you're looking for a starting quarterback. Um, but the guy I was going to say is uh, Nicholas Harbor from South Carolina. He was the number one athlete. Huh? Who is that? Well, I did some research. He was the number one athlete that, committed to South Carolina and I thought okay where where is he going to lean like you know when they say athlete is he a corner or is he a receiver right like that's kind of usually what it is he's a corner or a receiver well they say he's going to lean receiver and in that case Chris and I have already talked that South Carolina is kind of thin at receiver anyway 
And if they can get a playmaker in, and this is talking about instant impact freshmen. So I feel like if he's going to be playing, be a, on the field, I feel like he's going to make an impact in that offense. Um, so I look, you know, freshman, like you said, it's not your, it's not your expertise. Neither is mine. Um, but if you're asking me who I think can make a really good impact, it's him. And then I like Ruben Owens running back at Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. A- I like, I like that one. A chain being gone. They need somebody to step in. Why not him? But we can get off the freshman talk because it's it's not our cup of tea. I um, the one that so it doesn't yeah. he doesn't fall at all into the realm of instant impact. But I'm so intrigued by uh, Austin Mack, the Washington kid. Did you see this? Mm-mm. So he's he uh, is quarterback. He's signing with Washington. Obviously, they have panics for this year. But he he did the whole like uh, read like not redeclare isn't the right word, but where you decide you're not reclassify. That, that reclassified, yeah. So he's 16 still, and he's going to go be a freshman. Yeah, he turned 17 soon, but he's going to go sit behind Penix. Like, even though it, like, I really doubt that that does it. Like, it doesn't feel like that actually does anything from a, uh, from a performance perspective downstream, but I think it's cool. Um, whenever I hear someone reclassifies, that's like I'm, I my ears. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. This dude is so good that he said, I'm going to go skip my senior year and I'm going to go move up a level. Um, so I I would like to get him maybe in a dynasty league or two and just let him chill on my bench while I, uh, and then uh, just get unleashed in uh, the, the Kalen DeBoer system. Uh, but obviously not instant impact. Right. I mean that's that's interesting. I'm like sixteen years old. I, I yeah. I'm thinking like at sixteen, like I'm just getting my driver's license. You know, I, I would not have even thinking about being on a college football team. But obviously, I wasn't yeah. that good at, at football to do that. So, um, got a bunch of other questions. So here's the big one we wanted to kind of get into. So Justin Nottingham says, "What does the running book running back room in Texas look like this year?" But also, what do you see from the new teams coming into Conference USA? Do you want to touch on the Texas running back room first, and then we'll we'll jump into the CSA? So, Texas running back room. So you have a big yeah. void fill, yeah. right? Run that, run down the big four. But you got, I mean, not in any particular order. You'd have Brooks, Jaden Blue. Keelan Robinson. I mean, there might be some freshmen that come in. Yeah, they, they brought in impacts. some freshmen too that I should know the name of and don't. Uh, who's like a the I think right. the top freshman recruit. Uh, but the, I th- feel like the general idea is blue is it's not going to happen, right? He couldn't get into action in the bowl game. Brooks looked pretty sweet in the bowl game. Probably gets the nod day one, and then it just becomes a question of his own effectiveness coupled with how that that freshman that I can't remember the name of. Uh, how he looks. Um, I don't know how, how I feel about it from like a target perspective. It's like Brooks is probably the most draftable guy in best ball. Um, but then, I mean, the way that our, our best ball drafts usually play out as things progress is you see campus start to come into play for certain fresh freshman run backs and they invariably get pushed up boards. Um, that guy, the Texas dude feels like 
that's probably he's probably a candidate for that sort of progression throughout the offseason. Um, especially considering like it's really what so Cedric Baxter was the refresher. Yeah, Whittington's a receiver and then right. Keelan I thought Keelan entered the portal. Maybe I made that up. Though. You may have. I'm just running down a list of guys I, that played I, last year, I to be honest like with you. It was probably just a rumor. But he's never going to be a guy that gets that commands like the majority touch share. But Brooks looked good um, against Washington. Um, he would. You would think that if Baxter's going to leap into a truly meaningful role, he's really probably only got one guy that he needs to usurp. And it's Brooks. And I mean, while Brooks feels usable, useful, and can contribute positively to the offense, we're not talking about an insurmountable barrier to entry for for Baxter. Um, that, that those are my general thoughts. Yeah, I don't really have any thoughts about it, so we can move on to the next question that Justin asked, and that is, what do you see from the new teams coming into Conference USA? And <laughs> we've had some internal discussions about this for probably a couple months now. Right. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. This has been the, uh, the primary topic of the, uh, in the board, the, the burning the red shirt boardroom. Yeah, absolutely. So as back, I'd say probably not long after the national championship, heck, it might've been even right before that we were talking about all the new teams that are coming in. Like we, I think Chris and I were like, yeah, we didn't even think about Conference USA. And, you know, it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of teams. And Andrew comes up with a just a, a way to describe it better than anybody that I've I can I so, think of. Let me let me jump in. Yeah. Andrew. So when we we can even reflect now, we don't need to wait for things to play out any further. And I say this with no malintent aimed at any of the teams or fans of the teams of Conference USA, um, especially from a college fantasy perspective. There's a, a lot of a lot of fun teams, a lot of fun units, a lot of fun systems uh, there. But that conference should have self-destructed. You know, you know how when, <laughs> like, so you don't drink that much, so you might not be familiar with this idea, but sometimes when you're getting after it, you're go- whether it's going out or even just drinking at home and watching games, you hit a point where you should just go to bed. Your brain is ready to turn off, but you keep drinking. And the, the output of that is not just uh, blacking out. It's the feeling the next day when you wake up and you realize, like, I'm still drunk. I'm not even hungover. And that, I think, is what kind of happened with Conference USA. That... Um, that conference should have gone to sleep. It should have been uh, kind of put down. And the way that his, history should have been written is that those those teams uh, kind of shot off to different conferences, right? Got absorbed by different conferences. Yeah. But the uh, the old rich men that make decisions and make backroom deals and kind of uh, uh, run the conference, run the schools, they, we're not willing to have that. We're not willing to go quietly into night. They weren't willing to stop drinking. They weren't willing to to go to sleep, because how then would they continue to line their their pockets? Right. Um, it was in their best interest to do whatever it took to kind of keep the keep the band together, and that's how you end up with 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 Conference USA, right? This 
Well, yes, you have the the rivalry or two like Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky that is still kind of a holdover from the uh, from the the rich history of, that was right. Conference USA. You also now kind of end up with what we what we uh, where we are at presently. Yes. Um, well, I'll just run through the teams real quick, just to give everybody an idea if they don't know. You got FIU. Jacksonville State has come up from FCS, Liberty, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, New Mexico State has come, jump, made the jump from independent now to CUSA, um, Sam Houston from FCS, UTEP, and Western Kentucky. Now, Did you say Liberty? Yeah, Liberty was the third one I said. Okay. But I would say, let's say one, two, three – Three of those teams, I guess three of those teams have come from FCS in the last, what, three to four years? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not to say they can't be good teams, but this conference, there is like no pattern like of regionality of nothing. It's just I think they're all below the Mason-Dixon line. But that's <laughs> okay. about all. Yeah, that's but the only that's pattern. Not, that's not really saying a lot. The part of New Jersey is below the Mason-Dixon line. So what are we really saying here? Like there's, right. yeah, there's. Yeah, so I wanted to get back to how you described this conglomerate yeah, so, of teams. I mean, it's been such a, like, even going back to when, the, I forget when this started to come together, because it, like, it's not like it just was announced this offseason, right? It, it kind of came together over time, right. over the past uh, year or two or whatever. Um, lots of different descriptors came into my head. Um through that kind of equates to different things for pop culture, like the word Frankenstein, right? Island of uh, mis mis misfit toys, etc. But then I was just kind of, uh, I was trying to put put it together perfectly and think about if I were trying to visualize this conference, how would how would I do it? And I hit Control Alt Delete on my brain a few times, and like I could see the picture coming together, but. I needed to kind of to workshop it with you guys. And finally, like after I, I forget our exact back and forth, but like I started to throw out the words like um, from a, from a Disney movie, uh, the, the, the neighbor's <laughs> room. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, what was, and <laughs> I think we, we, we landed on it is uh, Sid's room from Toy Story, right? Yes. Yes. So do you have do you have the the image um, for Brett and the other two people that actually watch our? Uh... Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's not the best, but the hold quality on. could be better. Yeah, hold on, just a second. But when I say the quality could be better, you you really used the entire breadth of your skill set to put this together. The the right. image that you shared with me initially that will be that will tweet out afterward is truly a masterclass. <laughs> in, uh, I don't know if Photoshop's the right term or what, but it it's uh it's everything. I was hoping it would be in more in the way of uh, the crossing of our of the Conference USA logos in conjunction with uh, Sid's room from Toy Story. All right. Give me one second. I'm about to put up the original um, photo. So um, where is it at? I think okay, about our audience, of, our audience of roughly 100 people, though. Who's to say how many of them are actually familiar with what this means from a pop cultural perspective, right? <laughs> well, um, I I even have like 
I watched Toy Story as a kid, and I feel like one of the reasons that I never went back to it too much is Skid's Sid's Room's a scary place. Like, so I yes. like when I think about the movies that, and the TV shows that I want to revisit, like I. I feel like I didn't really go back and watch The Lion King that often because, like, I didn't want to watch Scar be terrifying and shit like that. So, right. um, like, I, I'm of the, I'm of the belief personally that all movies should just be up to the point of rising action, and then we can cut cut to the next one. I don't want to see any of the actual plot devices that result in my my favorite characters and their downfall and stuff like that. Um, so when you when you said it when you when you were talking about like. You didn't have the name of you didn't say Sid's room. You were talking about like I can't picture it, but it was like the neighbor kid, blah blah blah, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, Sid. And you're like, yeah, that's him. And then this is the exact image that popped into my head, like yeah, this, yeah. right. And then you had sent it, like I, I didn't send it to you. You sent it to me, and it just was like that's the exact state of Conference USA. You see all the mismatched heads on the bodies, like it's just like, what can we do to to give life to this conference? so they can play football, right? Like that's what it is. And like I'll tweet out the matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and put it on here now because I think Yeah, where's the good version? Where's your yeah, where's your finest work? My finest work. <laughs> let me put it up. Hold on. This is for the the exclusive um for the people who watch our YouTube stream, but we'll post this also on the Twitter account. Give me one second. All right. There's the new version, as you guys can see. Um, obviously, which, it's one a joke. Is, which one's the spiky guy? The spiky guy? Like, which one are you talking about? The one on the right? The guy with like the, the spikes on his head um, and the, uh, the, like, the eye patch. And, and okay, the one with the crab claws on the right? Yeah, that's yeah, Louisiana yeah, yeah. Tech. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously. He always- he always struck me as the leader, still. the leader of the group, uh, for better or worse. So and I you, mean, I'm glad that you gave the uh, gave him to one of the legacy uh, members of of Conference <laughs> USA. It's, it's funny that you say that because I truly did think this out when I put the the helmets on the on the pictures. So like, I didn't just the randomly throw a helmet on and just make, call it a day and have it done. But like, I wanted like Louisiana Tech. You would say is probably a perennial favorite in that conference. Um, maybe not this year particularly, but like they could be like, they actually, they got Hank Bachmeyer now. Right. So, yeah, you know, who's, who's to say that he doesn't have a one last ride down there, but like, I really wanted to make like the big, the big toys, the big players in the conference in a sense. So you, uh, did you put Liberty with the, uh, the girl legs for good reason? <laughs> you you know what imaginations can run wild with this like you can think into it however you want but it's just a little fun we had with it um it kind of just depicts the conference usa yeah. out in the btr boardroom like you said even though q freeze is no longer at liberty i would like to think that there's some correlation there between the lady oh, yeah. getting the liberty helmet and uh there's some carryover sure the, the Liberty into Conference USA. Have you read, read anything about why they, they're, they're the story of them getting into Conference USA? No. So there's like, my understanding is there's two things that prevented them from getting into other conferences previously. One, uh, the a lot of the, the sketchy stuff with their administration and the people that run their school and program. 
uh, from a, a beliefs and just values perspective, didn't really, uh, a lot of schools that didn't like that. So close the door on conversations with them with uh, in terms of joining our conferences, but also the, maybe the more interesting one is, so they have just insane amounts of money uh, that yeah. they can funnel into their athletics and stuff. So when they approached other G5 conferences and were like, hey, can, can we join? Uh, the other schools were like, no, we're going to be play, playing at a huge disadvantage rather, relative to you guys. Um, so we don't want that. Uh, so, which is so funny because when you think about how Conference USA came together, they were in no position to say no to Liberty for either of these reasons whatsoever. Yeah. Like they needed Liberty and Liberty really wanted to get into a conference. So now, I mean, it's interesting to think about Liberty for this year and in the short term future, because like, we don't know what's going to happen with Chadwell in terms of just turning how successful his, he will be and how successful his system will be from an installation perspective and a fantasy perspective at Liberty. Um, I mean, I personally am dreaming on the idea of him turning Kadon Salter into Grayson McCall, but I also <laughs> tend to believe that the conversation of Chadwell and McCall is very parallels similarly to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Like it was Brady, like let's be honest. And I think that it was a lot of McCall as well at C at coastal, but yeah, I, I'm still I'm I am still on Salter, and I think that I'm I'm very interested in seeing what happens there this year. Um, but and additionally, so now that Liberty's in this conference, they're going to be able to just throw their weight around financially and absolutely dominate that conference. It might not be this year, but uh, in the short to medium term, that's what I think we can expect to see. And you look at their schedule; like it's an absolute uh, joke. They, in the past, like I think you would see from a schedule perspective, lots of peaks and valleys playing like um, an FCS school one week and then a power five school next week and kind of like that. Things just play out across the board because that such is life for an independent. Now, unless they're going out of their way to schedule uh, interesting P5 opponents, like they are going to be just a class above Conference USA. And it's going to be interesting to think about from a college fantasy perspective. Yeah. So you mentioned their schedule. I just wanted to pull it up. So yeah. their first half of their schedule shouldn't be a problem. Like Bowling Green, New Mexico State, Buffalo, FIU, Sam Houston, right? Then they – well, and then Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee. Then they get another <laughs> bye week. Then they have Murderer's Row on the back end. Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion. Then they get UMass and UTEP. <laughs> To close you out. can't write it out much better than that, man. So when we do our win totals thing later on, we'll do Liberty. And if you had to say right now, we'll just throw it out there. If you had to say right now, how many wins do they have this year? I'll give them eight. That sounds about right. I said eight or nine. Yeah, which I think is a lot to project for a team with going through a pretty massive uh, overhaul just from a from a system and coaching perspective, but just relative to the talent level that they should have in comparison to their competition, I yeah. think that that's where where I would want to put them. So, just another thing of note uh, on Conference USA this year, they have there are five teams playing in Week Zero. From Conference USA, you got FIU at Louisiana Tech, UMass is playing at New Mexico State, and UTEP is at Jacksonville State in week zero. <laughs> that sound about right? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
this year uh, this, this year is the i believe it's this year they like every tuesday and wednesday in october we'll be getting cusa oh here. that's yeah that's right like they yeah. they went the maction route kind of so that'll be interesting um like like we haven't done any research on these teams, the new ones, especially the new ones. You know um, who the coach of Jacksonville State is, right? Oh my God! Yes, I should know this. Actually, I should know this. Who? Tell me, who is it? Rich Rod. Oh my God! You're right. Yes, yes. Because I know I, I already. I've already spent hours trying. At to first, out I was like, it's Petrino, but no, he was at Missouri yeah. State, and then he went to A and M, right? Yeah, uh, with a stop, with an hour long stop in UNLV. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I was in my head it was Petrino, but I was like, I know that's <laughs> not right. But yeah, Rich Rod, that'd be actually really kind of interesting. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the quarterback uh, for a couple hours a few weeks ago, and it's it's impossible. The there's like one scholarship QB returning who has like no snaps, and then two freshmen that aren't highly recruited. So you can imagine maybe they take a a transfer at some point, but as might be one of those been, Arizona state guys. Yeah, maybe uh, if they, if they have another transfer in them, uh, but right. the NCAA is not going to do anything, but no. with, with the rich rod system, right. The running backs kind of one of the more, one of a position to target. So yeah, yeah. For sure. As much time as we spent comparing CUSA now to, uh, to Sid's room, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Weekday yeah. games all the time, new teams, uh, some fun systems, week zero games. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So there's a couple other questions, but we're really not prepared to talk them because <laughs> like you said, we haven't really done a whole lot of research. Let's talk about rankings and like and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not getting into that. Um, however, we did have a question in the Discord. It was a four-part question. Four and um, I'll address the first one, it says toughest and easiest schedules for teams. Once again, we haven't looked at schedules. We're not touching that. Um, number we two. Did, though. We touched on it with Conference USA. Okay. Answer, answers the question proactively. <laughs> there we go. Number two, Boise State running back room analysis. Halani versus JNT split. I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Um, I'm just curious. Like, Halani – People, like, as a matter of fact, it was the episode Chris was talking about the mock draft that they did, and Halani went like top six rounds or something like that. And I thought that was ridiculous because, like, while Halani was the lead back last year, him coming back with JT having so much of of a share of those carries, I only expect that to go up this year. Um, and then they have a new freshman that they they really like that's come in, so. I don't know that I would do say any much anything more than just I would I'm I'm avoiding Halani. As a matter of fact, I got a trade offer for Halani. Like I think they offered me Halani for who they want from me. Oh, Raheem Sanders. Like no, not doing that. So um, that's that. And then the third question: When is the BTR best ball draft going to be that you analyzed on the show last year? So it's really whenever we want to start it. I mean, it could be next week next month um we'll talk about it in the, in the boardroom like we do all the other things um and do you have any preference of when that starts or do i have to do it i didn't do it last year <laughs> do you have to do it uh one of us has to yeah yeah 
And usually Chris likes to jump into those things. So we kind of just let Chris do that. Last year, I think you had the privilege. Yeah, I'm going to let Chris do it this year. I might jump in it too. Who knows? Um, yeah. We'll talk about it. And then the fourth and final question is actually the one I think really anybody actually cares about. It says, what happens when Andrew really gets mad? So I, I've i never really seen him just mad. So I can't really answer that. Andrew, how are you when you get mad? Are you throwing stuff? Like, have you ever broken a TV or put a hole in the wall or anything like that? I feel like I'm just not very consistent with uh, my reactions uh, for better or worse. Um, it let's let's relate it to to fantasy. Like, I I like I'm not gonna start putting chemicals in my body and shit when I'm mad for whatever reason like that like that's like that's not really fun for me I like to like ha have a good time when I'm drinking like I don't drink uh to like drown myself from my sorrows like I don't know it's just that never really does it for me um it's really like it's related to fantasy like generally what happens is like if uh I lose a bunch of a bunch of important matchups or like a game doesn't go my way. I light a bunch of money on fire or something like that. It's really pathetic. I just like, I put my tail between my legs and just kind of go to bed and like, hopefully wake up in the morning and feel, feel a little better. Um, I mean, one of the reasons that I, I don't, I try to avoid watching college football during the day outside of just from a time management perspective. And like on a Saturday afternoon, I'm trying to do stuff like with my kids. Cause I know like at night I want to like have my time to myself and like watch games and stuff. Like outside of that though, I know I'm on pins and needles if I'm like playing DFS and, or like monitoring my matchups. And if something goes wrong, I'm probably going to overreact. And just like, <laughs> like if someone like says my name or wants to do something, I'll be like, what, 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 what? Like, I, like, so I just try to remove myself from that, from that uh, during the day on Saturdays. That's just, uh, not, that's not mad. That's just being on edge though. That's really just being like, yeah, it's just not really the person I want to be like, I, right. Like I, what I, what, what needs to happen and what does more or less happen is like Saturday night, kids go to bed, lock myself in a room with some, some alcohol, watch the games. And then if things are going great, great. It's a good time. If not, then I'll just kind of get up. Like, right. so go to, go to bed and get up. So upset. here's, I guess the question is if this is an alternate uh, universe, right? Let's say, Let's say the game, the Georgia TCU game had been flipped. And you're watching that game and TCU is just railing Georgia. What do you what's the reaction? Are you just like, are you well, well fuck. I guess that's that. A great season, but shit. And then you just go to bed or are, are, are you pissed off? So, you you don't you didn't realize this when you asked this, of course, from the way you framed it, but I didn't even enjoy the game. Uh, mm. because I, I'm such a bad fan. I, <laughs> and it, I told myself weeks going up to the game or like the week, week or so going up to the game that I was going to, I wasn't going to get involved at all from a betting perspective, a DFS perspective, props, et cetera. Cause I just wanted to watch the game and root for my team. Cause the previous year I ended up, uh, losing money and I didn't enjoy the game. And then, of course, like I'm in, in the CFF site, Discord, um, like on Twitter and stuff. And I end up betting money on uh, like player props and stuff. And I'm watching the game and all my money's getting lit on fire. And I'm just like, I can't even enjoy this. Like, I'm so upset. And 
like my wallet getting lighter. I can't even enjoy my team going back to back. And it looked like literally like I, I went into the game ready to get absolutely obliterated and like just watch Georgia uh, win an, uh, another natty and enjoy like break out some really good uh, bourbon. I had like half a drink and then turned the game off at halftime and read a book. And like, I was was so upset and like, I'm, I'm the worst fan. Uh, (laughs) I can't, I I don't know. I can't segment proper. I can't compartmentalize or project plan my life enough to put myself in a position where I can actually enjoy my team winning a second national title in a row. That's, That's crazy. So I've made a decision. Like if anybody actually cares about this, but I made the decision a long time ago, regardless of what sport it is, I do not bet on a game with my team involved. Smart. I just, I just don't. Because yeah. the only way I would even consider it is if I'm betting the other way. Because if if I, I either win money or my team wins, right? But that's such, that's such a dangerous game to no, play. I'm, I'm miserable either way in that scenario. Yeah. I've tried this before. So like you win money, but you're like, oh, we just lost. It's like, you're, like, it, like you're, you're cool with the money, like the 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever, but you won. Right. And you're like, oh, I'd rather them have won, honestly. Um, but it, just any sport, I just, I avoid it, but I was just curious, like if what scenario would reach like max rage levels for Andrew, that that's what I was trying to get at. And maybe that wasn't the one that should have happened. Let's say, okay, let's say George is losing to Kentucky. And George is, you know, going for the undefeated season and Kentucky's a winless team and they just get outplayed by Kentucky. Are you pissed off or what's the reaction? It's tough for me to put myself in those shoes right now from the perspective of like this whole season was gravy for Georgia. Everything went Mm. so good that like outside. So the Ohio State game is probably the best example because at that point, like again, I told I told myself all of 2022, like it's a victory celebration, it's a party. Like we just want right. to ship. Like why should I? Who who am I to, like pretend that this is uh, something that I need to like be stressing over? But then the national the, the semifinal start and Ohio State is just being the shit out of us. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, then the switch actually flips. It's like I am into this fucking game. But I I don't. I, I, I sunk into my couch and just kind of watched and at a certain point accepted that it was probably over. Um, but no real, thro- no real throwing things. Uh, that game, like that was New Year's Eve. I was, I was totally like demoed uh, for that game. Um, but yeah, it's not like, so if they were going to lose, that was the time they needed to lose right there where you kind of may have blacked out not long after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I probably like, I definitely, uh let out some some swear words probably was at risk of re- waking up some people in my house at a certain point um or two fortunately didn't happen uh but yeah i i'm at the i'm i largely past the point in my life for games of like throwing things and breaking things yeah. uh yeah yeah it's believe it or not like i don't get mad in a, in watching games like the only time I get really angry if people know me, like they know I don't really lose my lose my shit very often, really ever. But the only time I do is if I'm playing playing a game and 
I just know, like, I, I don't even know what's going on and I'm just getting absolutely destroyed. And I'm like, I, I got to turn this game off because if I do something, oh, yeah. going, going through the TV controllers. And yeah. Play. And I, and I don't even understand why I get so angry. Like I never get that angry in any other time in my life, but it's competition. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think that's about all we wanted to kind of do just a little short fun pod today. Um, you might decide that that was a complete waste of time. Or you might have enjoyed it. I don't know. All seven of you that listen to this. But um, again, we all three want to try to do this, but it's just kind of hard. Chris's living situation seems to be kind of um, ever changing. Um, so he's he's kind of I don't want to say he's unavailable all the time, but it's it's a limited schedule. Myself, I've got a lot of things going on. Andrew, you know, we're all busy, but we try to make time and. Um, Hopefully next week we can come all three of us together and make something happen. Um, Andrew, do you have anything to add before we depart? Oh man, this was good. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening guys. If you haven't joined the discord or followed the BTR account at BTR pod, which you probably have if you're listening, but um, spread the word and uh have people join the discord discord's where it really kind of where the magic happens so if you aren't in it please join um other than that that's all i think we've got so see you guys next week